right, good morning. Can someone switch some lights on? That'll be awesome. How are you all doing? You guys well? Let's try it again. How are you guys doing? Yeah, a little bit of life. You can laugh in church, right? It's good. It's good to see you all. We had a wonderful night last night with just praise and worship and worshiping the Lord. And, um, you know, it was just a wonderful time. We had so many different churches represented here. And uh, obviously we didn't know that, just little groups and pockets of people from all over the place. And uh, we just started to, just God started to speak to his people about being in one accord and being together. And Chris wasn't even there, so he had no idea. And we actually ended up breaking up all over the sanctuary here, all over the building and praying for various churches in this region and for the leaders of those churches. Because we're all one family. Yeah? Amen. We really, really are. So it's, it's actually a very, very big deal. When the world is offended at every little thing, if you look at someone, even if you just look at someone today, they get offended. You know, the church never takes their direction from the world. When the world's offended, we are actually called as God's people to demonstrate what peace and unity looks like, even though we don't agree on everything. We are called actually to demonstrate that. Not with falsities and, and nice smiles, but, you know, you know, how are you, but in the heart. No, 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 from the heart to demonstrate that. Amen. All right, I'm just going to jump right into the Word. I wonder if you can turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Um, we're in a series at the moment uh, called The Simple, or just Simple Devotion, and it was put in our hearts as we watched, I think I've said this almost every week, we watched Andrew Brunson, a gentleman who was arrested for his faith in Turkey for about 18 months, I think it was two years, and he spoke about just a simple devotion to the Lord, to give the Lord simple devotion, simple things, daily things, small things. It doesn't have to be ours. It can get there, but just simple, basic things. And God has put it on our heart just to share some, to try to be as practical as we can, and just go through a series of simple devotion, and just certain subjects or certain areas of Scripture, just to give simple devotion to the Lord. And uh, so we've touched on prayer. Uh, Dwayne spoke on trust, which I thought was outstanding. I really, really did. And uh, last week we spoke about fellowship, biblical fellowship, covenanted fellowship, and what that actually is. We don't see it too much really in the, in the modern Western world, can I say, but the biblical picture of what genuine spiritual fellowship actually is and what it looks like being covenant to one another. But today I want to speak to us about the renewing of the mind. And this is a subject that um, is, in a sense, something that I've looked long at and studied and loved and preached and talked about and tried to implement. And it's actually difficult to be practical about it because you're dealing with something that is it's going to be different for everyone. And, um, but I, would, I want to speak to us about the renewing of the mind. And I want to start with 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm not there. I'll find it. Did I say 1 Corinthians 2 to everyone? And if I didn't and you were there already, that's pretty impressive. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 has a personal history, and I don't always go into that, but it was probably one of the first things, actually that message of prayer that, that, that I preached came out of a little bit of that journey. Almost, almost immediately after I got saved, you know, I got saved out of some very interesting lifestyle choices and things that I was involved in. 
even though I grew up seeing the power of God, I grew up seeing the demonstration of the Spirit, and uh, with sanity, with, with, you know, healthy, it wasn't crazy, it was wonderful. And when I got saved, this passage that I'm about to read, it, it just gripped my heart. It, it became like my world, and, um, you know, and I haven't really gone into it for a little while, and we're not even going to really study it today, but it's just a good intro. Then I had a prophetic person come to me recently, and they wrote me a prophetic word and came and delivered it to me, and they wrote this scripture, they had no idea, this exact verses that I'm reading to you, and they said, the Lord says, get back to that. And, and then they said in the word, you know, go back to the beginning. And obviously, I just started to weep. And so I'm going to read this to us. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Straight away, you see that you can have wisdom that is something called wisdom in, here on this earth. You can have something that feels and, and feels like wisdom in the heart, and people call it wisdom, but it doesn't mean it's wisdom from heaven. Many people lead with wisdom, but wh which wisdom is it? Because the devil said to Adam and Eve, you'll become wise. And they did, but it was a fallen human wisdom. So he says... Yet they're not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would have not have crucified the Lord of glory. It's interesting to me that the Lord actually kept a secret. It's kind of cool. I'm not preaching about this. So I'm trying not to go down this rabbit hole. I just shoot that rabbit. But, you know, it, it's interesting. The Lord, in a sense, held something in his heart. The enemy didn't know the rulers, the political rulers, and no one knew. And the principality, strongholds, they didn't know what happens if Jesus dies. He actually has an ability or a way through his sinlessness to duplicate himself into everyone's heart. If the enemy knew that, he would have done everything he can to protect him. Heavenly wisdom is different to ours. But as it is written, eyes not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And many people stop there. You know, we don't understand. Eyes not seen, ear is not heard. That's from the Old Testament. But read on. He says, but God has revealed them, what? What eyes not seen, what ear is not heard, what we couldn't understand, what is not revealed into the heart of man, has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit, Holy Spirit, searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man? The NIV says, what man knows the thoughts of him, like knows his thoughts, talks about thoughts. What man knows the thoughts or the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows God's thoughts, NIV, or no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That we might know. Can we say that? Say that with me. That we might know. The things, or the thoughts, or the things that have been freely given to us by God. The Holy Spirit has actually 
Then Jesus, they, they sent the Holy Spirit to the earth, Acts chapter 2. But he comes and takes up residence in the heart. And it, also the baptism of the Holy Spirit is very key for this. But I'm not going to talk about that today. But the Holy Spirit actually will reveal to you things that human wisdom can't show you. He actually comes so that you might know what God has given you. Meaning we'll have things in here. We have things in heavenly places. We have things within that actually God has given. You can't earn. That's why it says work out your salvation, not work for. Things in here that we don't even know. And it comes from a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that we have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive these things, speaking about the unsaved, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. They are foolishness to him. How many of you have ever been mocked for believing in the supernatural, believing in the Lord? Well, it doesn't make sense to them, and it's actually not something they can figure out, and neither could you, by the way. But God, by his grace, revealed something to you. Hello? For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them. Nor can he know them. The Spirit came so that we might know. Here it says, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? In other words, tell God what to do. That's not a good idea. But, strange verse, who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ? When I read that, when I got saved, I, I studied it, read it, I, it went through me, I would cry about it, and that may seem strange to you, because very simply in my heart, I suddenly knew in my heart that I can know God's thoughts. That he gives us, the Bible says, he can reveal the very thoughts of God, the things of God from within his spirit which is before we couldn't, because he put his spirit in you, and his spirit knows the thoughts and the things of God that only God, and he has this desire to actually share these things with you. And I, you know, in my thinking and in my mind, just as a normal person, you know, we don't think like he thinks. No matter how spiritual you want to be, we, we don't. And actually, the mind needs to be renewed and change the entire framework of how we think. To go from a natural man, so you can be a Christian, a spiritual man, you can be a Christian and actually not realize that actually God wants your mind. A lot of people give God their heart. Have you given your heart to Jesus? That's what we ask young people. Have you given your heart to Jesus? Have you given your heart to Jesus? But what about your mind? Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. To give him your mind. I was speaking to my sister about the subject of the renewed mind. We've spoken, my older sister Chantel. And she just, you know, she gets electro, electric on the phone and over talks me and preaches to me. It's wonderful. And um, it's wonderful. And she said, you know, I always loved God as a child, but I never knew. Like I always loved him, but I always struggled. 
And she said, and one day the Lord told me I need to give him my mind. And she said, and that changed everything. And she just began to speak to me about that process. The mind of man is so essential to God because he made us in his image. But what was broken, bent in the garden, God wants to restore. And it starts with salvation. But he sent his spirit into your heart that you would know how he thinks. But he has given you the mind of Christ. But it doesn't mean we, th- we think with it. He's given us access to it. He's given us potential to think like he thinks. But it's a process. Am I making sense? Jesus started his earthly ministry, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The word repent, metanoia, means change the way you think. Yes, it means to turn and to amend, but the understanding of it, the Hebrew and the Greek, was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change the way you think, because I've come to reveal a different kingdom that's not of this world, and I'm going to teach you how to think differently. And the result of that will actually cause you to live differently and perceive differently, and see situations differently. Bill Johnson said this, I love it, many believers repent enough to be forgiven, but not enough to see the kingdom. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Learn to think differently until the way I think is like you think, until you can look at a situation, at a person, at, at, a, at whatever, and think the kingdom way, and make kingdom decisions. Because his kingdom is not of this world. It's written on the wall over there. It, it, it functions different. He thinks different. He really does. So Jeremiah 9, Jeremiah 17, sorry. You can go there. It should come up behind me. Jeremiah 17, this scripture, another one that really grabbed my heart many years ago. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And everyone stops there. Well, the next verse is, is so profound. It says... The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, I search the heart, I test the mind. I search the heart, I test the mind. The word mind there in verse 10 is actually the Hebrew word for kidney, like kidney. What does a kidney do? It gets rid of toxins. It processes waste and removes it gets rid of the things that are not good for you. It processes that stuff out. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit, specifically uses that word there, saying, I search the heart, but I test the mind. Is it acting for you like a kidney with all the voices and with all the stuff coming through to process out toxins and lies and stuff so what filters down into the heart is of me? I search the heart, But I test the mind. It's like a kidney for your soul. But if we don't realize we actually are called by God into something called the renewing of the mind. By the Spirit of God. He calls us to think different and to be shaped different. (laughs) People say, what about faith? Faith Faith doesn't come from the mind. Faith is not intellect. I hope I'm not confusing you. Faith comes from the heart. The Bible says in Romans, with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. That's why if faith came from intellect, we would just send everyone to to some course, some study. Faith doesn't come that way. Faith comes from the heart. But the mind, in a sense, sets the environment 
for the heart? Is it acting like a kidney? Is it able to discern quickly lies from truth, God's will from the enemy? Is it able to quickly get rid of the toxins? When the kidney stops functioning in the body, it's actually, it's really awful because toxins and waste and fluid build up and you, the whole of you gets infected. And that's what happens in Christianity. When the mind is not being renewed by the spirit, it, and it's like difficult, is that God, is it me, and this person, that person, that news station, this one, that one, that one. Everyone's throwing a million things at us and we can't very quickly discern it. And God says, actually, I've given you the mind of Christ and I want to take you into a process what the Holy Spirit in the New Testament calls the renewing of the mind. So let's go, turn with me to Romans chapter 12. I'm going the wrong way. That baby agrees with me wholeheartedly. She's like, help my parents, please. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. That was just a joke. I don't know who it is. I didn't look up. Now I'm, now I'm afraid to. <laughs> Let's pray. Help us, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray as we come to your word, Lord, I pray that revelation is birthed in the heart. Revelation. Revelation from heaven. And from your word, which will never pass away and can never be chained. We thank you, Lord. Romans 12, we're going to do a little bit of a teaching on these verses. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world. That world is not cosmos like earth. It means this age. Eon is the Greek word. Do not be conformed to this time, this age. This world, but be transformed how by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. A verse many, many people have read and studied. Let's look at it. Be not conformed. That word conformed is this word in the Greek, syskematsio. I don't know how they say it, but it's something like that. It's actually where we get our word schematics. You know, give me the schematics of the building. Send me the schematic. Send me the blueprint. That's what it actually is. It means to fashion or shape one thing like another, to, con to conform oneself to a pattern, in a sense, that somebody else has made. Do you know that the enemy has a plan for your life? We all know that the Lord does. Some people don't believe that because of hurt and brokenness and trauma, but he does. But so does the enemy. He has a schematic. He has a blueprint. And he will speak to you about it constantly and lie to you about it, and accuse you, and do everything he can to get you to be formed and shaped according to his schematic, to his plans, which he has drawn up. But it says, don't do that. Be not conformed, but be transformed. This word transformed is the word metamorpho. It comes from, we get our word metamorphosis from that. It means this, to change into another type. Another type. The only other time, there's actually two other times that word is used in Scripture. Only two. The transfiguration of Jesus Christ. When it says he was transfigured before them, his eyes and his clothes became like whitening, as light as the sun. That he was transfigured 
It's the same word. I've got a little demonstration here. Can I have my little toys? This is Play-Doh. I thought, how can I demonstrate this? Tommy, can I have a helper? Sorry. The difference between conform and transform is astounding. It's as wide as the world. This is play. Can you just hold that? Thanks, buddy. You know, <laughs> you know, I really want this to hit home. You can take Play-Doh and make it into any shape, right? Different shapes. I had the kids do this for me this morning. Some kids next door, a car, beautiful shapes, wonderful shapes. Thanks, bud. That's what conform is. And many people will have a shape for you, a schematic. And they will force you into it. That's what this is. It forces you into a certain shape. It's for Play-Doh. And the enemy will force you into a shape. Be like this. College will do this. People will do this. You must be like this. You must think like this. And they are taking something that, and they form it according to what they think for you, according to what the enemy thinks for you. That's conform. Transform is like a butterfly. It's a metamorphosis. The difference is, in the Greek, that he can take, the Lord can take Plato and not just change its shape, but he can make it something else completely. He can take Plato and make a gem. He can take it and make a piece of gold. That's the difference. It's not just change the form and force it into some shape. It's no, I'm going to change you from a type to something else. That's what transform actually is. <laughs> and how does that happen? The Bible says, be transformed how? With your mind. A butterfly... It's very interesting to me. Starts as a caterpillar. Think about it. It's born as a caterpillar. Are we being ver trying to be practical? It's born as a caterpillar. First birth, like us, we're born on the earth. When you get born again, caterpillar goes into a cocoon, gets born again as something completely different. And now it has the ability to fly. In a sense, gravity what affects everyone that caterpillar has ever known does not affect it anymore. That's like sin to us. When you get born again, the Lord desires, he has put stuff in you that we don't even know by his spirit and by the process of the, the, the renewing of the mind, which is done by the spirit, which we'll get to. He actually says, you will be transformed. Completely different. Completely different. Think different. Speak different. The Bible even says the Holy Spirit will teach you how to speak spiritual things. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Christian life. That's the Christian life. What does the renewed mind do? It's actually one of the most powerful tools in God's hands. The renewed mind is one of the best tools to actually display God's power. And I say that, it's an attractive statement because it makes people like, oh, now I'm interested. But it's, it's actually a process. Let's read it again. Do not be conformed to this world. 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the will of God. That word prove is actually in the King James, it's actually the Greek, some of you have a King James, it's actually the word approve. It's the word approve. Meaning, it's not like God needs us to approve him. It's not that. Something will come before us. Many things, many voices, a situation will come before us. And very quickly, with the renewed mind, we can say, that's God, that's not. F.F. Bosworth, who wrote Christ the Healer, one of God's generals, who came out of Azusa Street as a young boy, and he went in to do a great, great ministry, he said, how did he say it? I've gone blank. Faith is impossible unless you know God's will. You cannot have it. Faith cannot be born in the heart. Even Gamaliel, when the, the Pharisees were coming against the disciples and coming against the Lord and everything that was happening, he said, Let's just kind of wait, see what happens, because if it's God, we can't fight God. They weren't sure. The renewed mind can actually look at something and approve this is God's will. The outcome of that is often demonstration. You can look at someone who's sick or something like that and say, we know God's will in this situation. And you prove God's will. It proves, it means to evaluate thoroughly, to prove genuine. It proves or it proves the will of God through discernment and through demonstration. (laughs) People ask, why does the Lord actually want us to put our yes on something? Well, all through scripture, he looks for partnership. All through scripture. Why didn't God just take people out of of Egypt and just chuck them? He sent someone. He sent Moses, then the next one. He looks for partnership between heaven and earth. We said this a little bit last night. It's, it's such great theology, that little cartoon with a little devil, you know, and a little angel. Do bad things, do good things. It's not always that easy. It's like, you're this. No, you're actually this. The Bible says everything is established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. That's a witness. That's a witness. The world, politics, college. These are voices. But the Lord has something to say. What you give agreement to will be established. You're a witness and those are a witness. The enemy is saying, oh, I'm going to give agreement to that. That becomes established in your life. His schematic. Versus what does the Lord say? I say yes to that. I approve. This is the will of God for me. This is the will of God for this situation. This is the will of God. This becomes established. And it's based on truth because he is not a man who can lie. And truth sets free. The renewed mind. It's discernment. It's also extremely powerful for actually (laughs) demonstrating character. What do I mean by that? I'm going to read you. I don't think this is going to come up behind you. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. This is, I wasn't, this is not in the notes, but 2 Corinthians chapter 2 is, is so important. We, 1 Corinthians, Paul writes to these people. This guy was doing interesting things with his mother-in-law, and uh, it was an interesting situation. So Paul writes to it, says, kick him out, do all these things. Now he writes back, 
the next book, and the, he tells them to forgive him. And he says, whom you forgive, this man, whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sake in the presence of Christ. As this, 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Do some of your translations say of his schemes? You know what the word there is actually in the Greek? Mind. We are not ignorant of the way he thinks, of his mind, of his way of thinking. Unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, gossip, whatever. These are weapons that the enemy wields and he throws into a situation. The renewed mind looks at that and says, oh, well, that's obviously the enemy. Why would I take the bait? Does this make sense? That's what it happens. He says, listen, unforgiveness, it's actually the way the enemy thinks. And so what happens is someone comes to me and you're terrible or you're whatever, and they come at me, they sin towards me or something. If I allow that that they've done to me to now cause a reaction to them, we're just trading with the way the enemy thinks. It's got to stop somewhere. It's got, to, it's got to end. A person with a renewed mind, they see that, they know it's the enemy. They can actually pray for blessing. They can actually not take it personally. They can actually have compassion on a person while they're getting shouted at. It's true. They can think, who hurt these people? Lord, what do we do? How do we... That's the renewed mind. It sees through the enemy's devices and through his enemy's schemes. So well, that's not the will of God. And so the plans and what the enemy wants to do on a very practical level, because we're learning to think like him, we have the mind of Christ, access it. There was a lady who died, and, and this, some people struggle with this, but it happened. She died and went to heaven and came back, one of those. And it's genuine, I've looked at it, I've studied it. And she said the Lord took her through all the, she had, she had been through extreme trauma in her life. The Lord took her through trauma. And when he did it, all she could feel was compassion on the person who did it. Because she saw the hurt in their life. What happened? She said, I couldn't think like that before. It's the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ, what does the renewed mind do? It approves the will of God with discernment. It shuts the enemy down like that. Stops his work. What does the enemy, what does the, 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 the renewed mind do? It approves the will of God with demonstration because heaven looks for partnership. Sometimes this takes you into a fight or a battle of faith. The good fight, the good fight of faith where I know the will of God on a situation and I pray and nothing happens. Now it's a fight, so I pray again. And sometimes nothing happens and I don't have an answer for that. But what I do know is I know his will. And we will stand and we will fight the fight of faith. Because I cannot give agreement to anything that his son paid for. I cannot give agreement to the enemy and say that it's God. Because <laughs> the will of God is quickly discerned. And then the ability to stand in that place, conviction comes into your heart. And you can stand and say, that's not the Lord. A lot of church believers blame God for things he wasn't involved in. Renewed mind. Now God can turn it for good. We know that. Conviction of the unseen starts to build 
in the human heart. So people say, well, how do I renew my mind? Can we go over that as fast as possible? You guys alive? This is helpful, I hope, because, you know, these are things that it's different for everyone, but for those who genuinely desire to walk with the Lord, it's actually very exciting, sometimes painful, but exciting, that he wants us to learn to think like him, like 1 Corinthians 2, his thoughts, and he actually desires to share them with us. Number one, how's the mind renewed? Abide in the word. And people say, here we go again. You know, people say, what do we do? Any subject? And they start with, read the Bible. Let me tell you, read the Bible. That song as a little kid, read the Bible, pray every day, you'll grow, grow, grow. Yeah, do that. <laughs> do that. It's very true. But I can also say, <laughs> I wish I could say that just reading the Bible renewed the mind. <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't always. I know people that can literally know entire books of the Bible off by heart. The mind is, it's all intellectual. So abide in the word. John 17, 17, Jesus said this, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify means to actually put something in a proper functioning. Uh, it, yes, it's to separate, but it's to separate for the purpose of putting something in a proper functioning. When a pen is sitting on the table, it's not sanctified. When it's being used to write, that's a pen being sanctified in proper function. The Lord said, sanctify them with truth. Separate them from thinking like this and cause them to think with a new heart, with a new mind. Cause them to think differently. That's what I'm doing here, separating them with sanctify them how? By your truth, your word is truth. So then we want to go to John 8. What does truth do? John 8, 31. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. A lot of people say, and the truth's going to set you free. Well, that's not what it says. It says, if you abide in my word, if you live in it, immerse yourself in it, study it, meditate, or if you abide in my word, that word actually means continue in it. If you make a choice, literally make a choice, this is God's inherent perfect truth, perfect word. And I'm going to make a choice to bend my life around it instead of bending this around my life. Because what will happen is God will bring you revelation and soon after that a choice will come up. You're like, well, maybe I didn't mean that. Yeah. Let's go find a scripture that says I can do what I want. <laughs> if you abide in my word, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know, that word know, gnosko. It actually is the Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse. Adam knew Eve and they bore a child. You shall know, you shall become intimate with truth. Truth is a person. I am the way, I am the truth. Through this. And you shall know, you shall become intimate with truth. And then it'll make you free. Not in a moment, not set you. It'll make you free. I cannot just throw truth at someone. The, the, the Western world, the modern world, has what I call the thrill of concept. 
or the thrill of the principle. They love the principle, but it's just like you throw a principle at someone. It's like a whole culture celebrates this. You can go to business school right now. You can go to business school and get taught on business by someone who's never run a business. And get a degree in business. They've never run a business. With all due respect, what do they know? Because it's concept and theory, not experience. This is experience. You shall become intimate with the truth and know the truth and experientially come to know the Lord. Learn what he sounds like. Learn how he thinks. Bend your life around it. Massage it into your life. Think about it. Meditate on it. Not just throw out a principle and then, I don't know why they're still doing that. I mean, I told them what to do. You can't just throw truth at someone like a soccer ball. Whack! Get better. It it doesn't work. Abiding in the truth. Meditation. That's one key. Think it. Speak it. Meditation is a word that has now been stolen from the church. It actually is ours. Meditate on my word day and night. Meditation. Think about it. Speak about it. My dad does this thing. It's very funny. If he does it at your house, I promise you it's for a good reason. Now now I'm in trouble. Whenever there's tension in the house, he still does it. It's awesome. There's tension. And my sister and I, my older sister, we know exactly what he's doing. And he still thinks like nobody knows. And you know, family, right? So he walks around and he starts to sing and starts to just say scripture whenever there's tension, you know, Christmas or something. And he just walks around and starts to muse and mutter, Jesus. And my sister and I start laughing. And we're like, oh, he thinks everyone's tense. But he, he's meditating and he says, just walks around saying scripture. But he's learned something. Meditate on the word. Learn to catch your thoughts. When God set me free from addiction, I learned this. You, your mind starts to wonder. You've got to learn to catch your thought and say no. So what does it say? Take every thought captive. The Bible speaks about that we're in a warfare and says that every high thing that will exalt itself against the knowledge, that, that the imagination which will exalt itself against the knowledge of God. That doesn't mean knowledge about God. It means what God knows to be true, the way he thinks. So I take those imaginations and I take and I say no. And sometimes people think, well, that's hard. You'll be amazed. You don't have to do it for long in that area. Your thinking will change. Recognize your mindset. Romans 8 says we have a mindset. It means we, our mind, in Ephesians it says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Meaning the attitude of your mind. Your mind has a certain way of functioning. It has its own framework. That needs to be changed. It's a mindset about this whole subject of life. I have a mindset. Whenever this situation arises, I'm going to do this. Whenever this person does this to me, this is how I respond. We have a mindset. Ephesians 4, 23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. It's like a whole framework. And it says, Don't think like that. Learn to think like me. And when there's a whole framework in any given area or any given subject or in something in our heart, it actually is what causes blind spots. I mean, God starts to speak to us and renew a framework, a certain way we think about something, all of a sudden blind spots are revealed. You're like, oh my goodness, I do that. I never saw that before. I do that. Or you can just ask your spouse and they'll tell you all your blind spots. But it's far worse. I know because I do it. 
It's like, tell me my blind spots. No, 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 don't. You know? And then lastly, out of this one, we just got to prayer. Why do I say that? Bring the Holy Spirit into it. Bring the Holy Spirit. It's actually something, even though I'm saying this, it's actually something you can't do. What do I mean? Next one, big number two. Yield and partner with the Holy Spirit. Listen to this, Titus 3, verse 4 and 6, from, from verse 4 to 6. But the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. In other words, we couldn't earn our salvation. But according to his mercy, he saved us. Through the washing of regeneration, that's salvation, and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Through the washing of regeneration, the new heart. I will come and I will put a new heart in you. I will give you my own heart. And renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Do not conform to the world, but be, renew, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The only other time that Greek word, renewing, is used is here in this text. It's the same word showing us something. It's actually the Holy Spirit who renews your mind. Who apart from God knows the thoughts of God, but the Spirit of God which is in him. So some people will say, well, then I'm just, you know, do it whenever you want. Anytime now, just, just, just do something. Change the way I think. I don't want to be better. Just zap me or do something. You know, it's the renewal of the mind, but he looks for partnership. We want to yield to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit renews our mind. It is first and decisively His work. We are radically dependent on Him, but he, we want to partner with Him. So we go to the Word. We make a decision. I'm going to fill my life with truth. Most Eastern religions have you empty your mind. Don't do that. It's a very bad idea. Let me say this to you. The enemy and the Lord, not competing is a bad word. But the whole of the unseen realm wants your mind. How valuable is it then? There's fight. There is battles over your mind. Over the way you think. <laughs> People think, well, I didn't say it. I just thought it. Really? I just thought it. It doesn't harm anyone. Yeah, it harms you. Make a decision to fill up on truth. And as we fill up on truth, we abide in the word. We read something, ask questions. When Jesus does something and we're like, why would he do that? It's showing my thinking is not like his yet. Ask questions. Lord, why'd you do that? Why did you, why, how does this work? What happens? Ask questions. Ask questions. Lord, speak to me. Holy Spirit, I've always said this. Whenever you go to the scripture, and I do this as often as I can, almost every day or every time I read, I go to the scripture and I say, I come with the author. Go with the author. Go with the Spirit. Holy Spirit, reveal. Speak to me. Change me. Put this in my heart. Put it in my life. Change the way I think. I want to think like you. I want your thoughts so that I can prove the will of God in a situation. And he gets glorified and honored. Go with the author. People say again, what about faith? 
Faith does not come from the mind, doesn't come from intellect. With a man, heart believes unto righteousness. But the renewed mind is the context that genuine faith can flow in because it's acting like a kidney. The renewed mind knows the will of God and it filters out toxins and wastes and the heart is free. You are a believer. The Bible says you're a believer. What does that mean? It is natural for you to believe. If you're a believer, you believe. That's, it's obvious. And often this gets in the way. So God says, I've given you my thoughts. I renew your mind. That'll transform you into something that you aren't right now. How? <laughs> Abide in the word. Go with the author. Know that it's the work of the Holy Spirit. So when he brings something up in your heart, don't shut it down. We always see it as, oh, he's trying to you know, make me better. No, he's trying to partner with you for the transformation so that the will of God can be demonstrated and discerned and simple and quick. The mind that has been instructed by the deep convictions of the heart, because what starts to happen, and I'm just gonna read a few more scriptures. As you do this, why does Hebrews say, by faith we understand that the worlds were formed um, by the word of God or God's command. By faith we understand. The renewing of the mind with the truth of God's word, the renewing of the way we think, changing the way we think as the spirit ministers to our heart, as he speaks to us, as something is revealed to us, as he speaks to us through a prophetic word, as we learn to hear his voice and God's ministry and we partner with him. You watch yourself in your mind start to get free and you learn to catch your thoughts and you learn to say, that's not what God says. That's not how God sounds. That's not the Lord. And situations arise and you can see right through the tactics of the enemy. Oh, the enemy's trying to get me offended. The enemy's trying to make me angry with that person. Oh, I can discern that. See right through it. I'm not falling for that. Oh, God be praised. Bless this person. You, you can't beat that person. The enemy can't beat that person. That was Paul. If you whip me, I worship. If you stone me, I'm going to stand back up and come back and finish my sermon. If you kill me, it's better to me to be apart from the body and be with the Lord. If you don't kill me, I'm going to do this. It's like... You know, the, the rulers and authorities are like, how do we get this guy? We try to make him upset. He's like, oh, that's wonderful. Let me show you the love of God. We try to kill him. He's like, that's fine. The death of, the sting of death is gone. Christianity. Renewed mind. It's the process, process of transformation. Abide in the word. Immerse yourself in the word. Get around people who you know in a certain area have truth in their heart, something that you're fighting. Get around them. Ask them questions. How did God show this to you? What happened? Immerse yourself in the word. Go with the author. And then, set, lastly, I'm just going to read scripture. Set your mind to establish a mindset. Set your mind to establish a mindset. If you don't set your mind, and I'm going to read this, it will set you. 
because it's filled with voices and thoughts from the world, from college, from culture, from upbringing, from nation, from whatever is the loudest voice in your life, and it's Plato making you into some shape. God says, I actually have made you a new species, a new creation. I've put life inside of you. I want to transform you. I want to give you my thoughts and take you from something and turn you into something else completely by the way that you think. So that faith and belief, actual belief, like you see in the Bible, conviction about things that I can't see, that's what faith is, conviction of the unseen. Conviction rises and faith rises in my heart because my mind is filtering out toxins and waste and excess and faith begins to rise in my heart. And I see something that denies the will of God and I say, you can't stand Come here. The renewed mind allows the heart to swell with faith. Set your mind. Romans 8. Just going to read these few, then we're done. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. That's the old nature. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. Means that's what they think about. It's that simple. Colossians 3, if you then were raised with Christ, in other words, saved, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind. Set your mind. Tell your mind, I'm setting you today on things above. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Philippians 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Somebody said, I heard them, they have perfectly obeyed that scripture. And I was like, what? He said, because every time I was anxious, it came to nothing. <laughs> and he said, oh, wait, that's not what it means. But it's the truth. Be anxious for nothing. But in, prayer, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever, is, whatever things are true, that's truth, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, faith, that's faith. If there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The renewal of the mind is the process of the transformation of a believer. And I've tried to be as practical as I can. It's hard to be practical with this subject. It's different for every person. But I'm going to encourage you, understand, number one, that God has given you the mind of Christ in his spirit. He's given you of his spirit, and the spirit searches the deep things of God and the thoughts of God and wants to communicate to you the way God thinks. And people come at you and sin and do this and offend and hurt and there's no reaction and there's no response because the discernment is I can see through the enemy's tactics and I will not allow my life to follow his schematic. I'm, I'm too expensive for that. The price paid for me was the life of God. So I don't sell so cheap. And I immerse myself in the word. And I allow truth to teach my mind and it acts like a kidney and filters out toxins and wastes. 
What happens with that? Well, that person is at peace. Everyone's frantic, running around, scared, and it's, they're just at peace. They're at peace. Doesn't mean they don't get frustrated. They just, there's a deep peace in their heart. It's like that iceberg. You know that picture, all of it's underneath. You know, you see that picture? That's how they move steadily into hurricane force winds because there's a current underneath that is carrying them calmly, directly into the face of what's causing havoc on the surface. Peace. The peace of God will crush Satan and it will guard your heart and your mind. Can we stand? Have the mic. Thanks. Sing, sing together. Can you come here, please? Sorry. I, can we just sing? As the deer pants for. Thank you. The water, so my soul longeth after you. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship Thee. As the tear panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after you. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. I want someone to say, Clayton, you've changed. <laughs> if I was asked to pick a topic to share with someone to set their life, say the word set a lot, to set their life on the trajectory that your Father in Heaven has for you, it's this one. Mind renewal is the game changer. I've seen it in my own life in a lot of ways. It is the game changer. So Clay, thank you. If you would like prayer for anything, there will be a team over here that would love to pray with you. Visitors, thank you for being here, and uh, thank you for joining us online. Be blessed. Have a wonderful week. Good morning, Free Life Church. We are glad you've joined us today. If you are visiting in person, please stop by the Connection Corner in the lobby to receive your welcome bag and find out how to connect with us. We look forward to meeting you. We will be hosting Loud and Burn 24-7 right here on November 20th from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. for a full day of worship and prayer. There will be a special time of testimonies and ministry in the evening from 6 to 9. Stop by any time throughout the day and join us for this special event. Child dedications are coming up. If you have a baby or a young child, we invite you to present them for prayer and blessing on Sunday, December 5th. Registration is open now through November 30th. December is a fun-filled month in Kids Place. 
Check out our events page for all the latest Kids Place activities and plan to join us as we celebrate this holiday season together. Stay informed of upcoming events, holiday schedules, and weather closures by subscribing to our weekly newsletter. Scan the QR code or text FREELIFE to 41400 to sign up. Remember, to learn about all of our upcoming events, please see the events page on our website. Thanks for tuning in.